this episode, we discuss a subtle communication shift you can make along with seven other life hacks that will create the perception by others that you are a highly consistent, dependable, and reliable person without actually doing more work. We also give life hacking applications of memory systems to ensure you never lose your phone again, along with the sales and influence strategy of multiple book points. podcast episode is how to trick people into thinking you are a good person and other life hacks. So I need to give a little bit of a disclaimer for this title. I don't actually advocate tricking people or deceiving people or being disingenuous with people unless it's for their own enjoyment. So the incendiary title of this podcast is purely for humorous purposes. See just how tricky I am. What we're actually going to talk about in this episode is the really essential character quality of consistency and dependability and reliability. Those three things kind of go together and I think that they are really just essential cornerstones of any time you see a really successful person, anytime you see a successful company, a successful nonprofit, a successful artistic project, anytime you see a message that has significance to it that is pervading into the world and that's making a positive difference with people's life. I think there's a real foundation behind that of consistency and dependability and reliability. So as we are limitless people, I think it's very important that these character qualities are very strong in us and that people are really seeing these character qualities in us. And the interesting thing about these character qualities is that they are highly subjective character qualities. So a lot of times when people think about consistency and dependability and reliability, the first thing that comes to mind is that there are a lot of hard work, that it's just a matter of putting your nose to the grindstone and working harder, putting in those hours. I don't necessarily think 
That's true. And in this episode, we're going to go over seven life hacks of ways that you can actually be a whole lot more dependable with people, a whole lot more consistent, a whole lot more reliable without actually doing a whole lot more work. But before we dive into that, we have gotten some reviews in iTunes, which I am very, very thankful of. I know iTunes is, it's kind of awkward, let's be honest. I I really wish Apple would get their stuff together in regards to iTunes. I wish they would uh, take a look at, you know, Gmail or something or Facebook, someplace on the internet that's just really intuitive in terms of the interface. So for the people that have gone in there and left us reviews, I really do appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your out of your very busy days of living your limitless lives to uh, drop us a line. So we heard most recently from Connie Akins, and she was giving her feedback on the seven common myths of self-help episode. And she said, I loved this podcast and agreed with most of it, sadly, especially the part about money. We all want to think that we are above money making us happy. But in this country, and I think in pretty much all the countries where we have people listening to this podcast, money can make a huge difference in so many ways. Great thoughts, John. And then we also heard from Nurse midwife. And she said, refreshingly useful, five stars. I heard Woody speak at the Pelotonia, the Columbus charity ride for cancer research kickoff dinner. And I was so moved by his attitude that I wanted to know more about what motivates him through his website. I found this podcast, which he does with his brother. That's me. Their brotherly banter and common sense tips keep kept me entertained and inspired throughout my run this morning. I just downloaded all their podcasts and look forward to new ones. Thanks a lot, Nurse Midwife. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Woody is a very, very talented fundraiser for a number of national charities here in the United States, and he gives these really excellent, humorous, powerful talks at these charity events and raises really a lot of money towards uh, beating cancer, towards beating this this terrible thing. And so for those of you who haven't seen Woody's Talks, I encourage you to give a quick Google search for Woody Roseland and you can find a bunch of really entertaining YouTube videos. So if you're up for a laugh and a little bit of positivity out of the YouTube, I recommend checking out what Woody has to see. Say, we also got a review from Yep, I am right there. And he said, More is at your fingertips. What I really appreciate about this podcast is its fearlessness at attacking mediocrity. We are equipped as human beings with limitless potential, and it is out, it is our mindsets that keep us from realizing the fruits of this potential. This podcast and its contributors offer an alternative helping hand to its listeners offering a wide variety of techniques to help said potential develop and mature. 
please keep up the good work. We sure will. We appreciate your uh, your words here. And yeah, I am completely about stab, stabbing a dagger into the heart of the status quo and, you know, vanquishing mediocrity, getting rid of it and, uh, you know, pursuing pursuing mindsets that are that are going to unlock that limitless potential. So I really appreciate that five-star review. We got another podcast from Kate Girl 20. She said, "Wonderful podcast, five stars. This is a very well-spoken and informed podcast. I listen to you guys every morning on my way to work so I can make sure that I take in and use advice given throughout the workday. Keep up the good work and I look forward to hearing more. Thanks a lot, Kate Girl. That is a really great strategy, a really great way to start your day. So I really appreciate those reviews. iTunes does something a little bit weird to me. iTunes only displays the reviews to me that come from the United States of America. And as I know from looking at my analytics, we have over a hundred different countries where people are listening to this particular podcast. So if I am missing the review that you wrote for this podcast and you're like, hey, John, I wrote you an amazing review. Why aren't you sharing it? That's because I'm not seeing it in my iTunes reviews. So if you have written us a review or if you're going to write us a review and if you're not in the United States of America, can you please shoot me like an email or a tweet or a whatever way you want to use to get in touch with me so that I can make sure that I give your review a shout out because podcast has this, because iTunes has this draconian strategy of hiding reviews from me that don't come from my own country. And I really do appreciate that. And if you get a little bit of value yourself out of this episode, please drop us some thoughts in iTunes. Or if you just want to drop us some thoughts in the comments section on the Limitless Mindset website, that is excellent too. So let's dive into the content. In business, social, and personal situations, Consistency is a highly attractive quality. Consistency and dependability are increasingly rare character traits in our chronically distracted high-tech society where we're constantly bombarded by mildly amusing things that don't really give us anything back, but they voraciously consume our time and attention because they're slightly funny or they're flashy or they're violent or they're sexy. And we have all these things vying for our attention that are all trying to take our attention and our focus away from being highly dependable, highly reliable people. I think that dependability is debatably the most important quality in business. In fact, let me restate that. I think that dependability dependability and follow-through and reliability is the most important quality in business. But there's probably some people that would argue with me, that would have that debate with me. I remember when I first entered the business world at the age of 19, my car dealership manager, where I was a car salesman of 
really nice cars actually, told me that the car dealership would rather have a car salesman that sold 10 cars consistently every month, month after month, as opposed to a car salesman that sold 25 cars one month and then seven cars the next and alternated back and forth. And at first that was a little bit baffling to me because I thought that from a statistical perspective, it was kind of just about the same amount of cars that they were selling. It was just all over the board. But then the manager of the dealership explained to me that in the business world, it's very important to be able to track and make futuristic uh, make judgments about what is going to happen and what the sales are going to be six months from now and three months from now. And from that perspective, consistent producers were much more likely than, pe than people that were going through roller coasters. And so that was a great way for me to get that foundation of dependability being an essential, essential skill in the business world and in the career world. In our personal lives, we are always seeking friends who will show up when they will show up and we want people that are not gonna say bad things about us behind our back. In fact, saying something behind a person's back that's different than what you say to them to their face is usually the easiest way to shoot a friendship down. And if you've ever had someone stand you up on a date, you know just how unattractive and how hurtful flakiness is when it comes to our relationships. So in virtually all domains, consistent, dependable people are much more desired by society. So I'd like you to imagine that if every person that you met either wanted to hire you, uh, they wanted to do business with you, they wanted to hang out with you, they wanted to go out to dinner with you, they wanted to spend time with you, they wanted to get to know you better, they wanted to contribute to whatever the movement of change was that you were trying to create in the world or in your own life. What if every person that you ran into wanted to help you in this way? Or if you were a single person, what if every attractive other single person that you met was interested in you? Imagine what that would be like. Being perceived as a highly consistent, dependable person is a huge step towards that limitless reality that you are seeking. Okay. The first problem with being consistent, reliable, and dependable is that it's damned hard work. It means showing up early, working late, thinking faster than everyone else on your feet, overcoming obstacles to hit your deadlines, adding more productive hours to your day, and more hours to your productivity. It's, it's pretty hard work work. And at LimitlessMindset.com, we have over 500 articles and resources, along with over 20 hours of free audio downloads devoted to the subject of life hacking and biohacking for helping you work smarter and harder in less time. And I want to tell you that reprogramming your life and biohacking your physiology for productivity will deliver an outstanding ROI of being a genuinely more consistent 
and dependable person. So if the amount of hard work that it's going to take to be dependable and consistent in all domains of your life is a little bit intimidating to you, I'd like to give you some good news. Once you start getting some of the biohacking stuff really implemented into your life, uh, and it's not exactly overnight, a lot of the biohacking stuff does take as much as, I'm going to say, 60 to 90 days to really kick in and start giving you some results. But once that stuff does start kicking in, it really does make it a whole lot easier to work a whole lot harder for uh, more time without actually being more stressed out or detracting from your quality of life. So if you're not real actively doing biohacking stuff, I'd really encourage you to head over to the LimitlessMindset.com website and there'll be a form that you'll see on the front page that you can input your email and it'll get you started on the first steps of biohacking that you want to make. And it really does make it a whole lot easier to be consistent, reliable, and dependable. Uh, most people in the world are not very consistent, reliable, and dependable. But most people in the world are not biohacking themselves to add more productivity to their hours and add more productive hours to their day. The second problem, and this is a really big problem, so I'd like you to pay real close attention to this. The second problem with consistency and dependability is that it's really enjoyable. And it's really satisfying to our egos to pontificate and talk about the things that we want to do, especially the big goals and the grand visions that we have for the future. And these are things that are going to be very challenging and resource intensive for us to complete. So... You know, let's say you're out to dinner with a dear old friend, someone you've known for a while. Maybe they've moved to a different state and they were back in town for some reason and you're out to dinner with them. What are you talking about? Are you talking about doing your laundry tomorrow? Are you talking about mowing your lawn? Are you talking about needing to get your car fixed. No, you're going to be talking about the big dreams and aspirations and the things you have going on that are that are really inspiring to you. And what we have to look at from a consistency dependability standpoint is that the likelihood of us accomplishing these kinds of BHAGs BHAGs is a acronym for Big Hairy Audacious Goals. And as you can see, it's not, well, that's not quite an acronym because there's no E in there, but it's a, that's what a BHAG is. So now you know. So the likelihood of us accomplishing these big, huge things is actually a whole lot lower than us accomplishing our day-to-day -day or our weekly goals or our monthly goals and objectives. And so we are kind of setting ourselves up to be thought of as flaky or inconsistent because we're spending so much time pontificating. And pontificating is a word that I really, really like. It just means that you're talking about something in a very big way and that you're spending a lot of time and a lot of vocal energy communicating something to you. So that's your limitless mindset vocabulary 
word of the day. So we set ourselves up to be flaky or inconsistent because we spend so much of our time talking about these these big things. And so a very prescient example of this is the current state of American politics. And so for those of you that are outside of America, and whenever I travel, I get the impression that people that aren't Americans know a whole lot more about America than Americans do about people who aren't Americans. So I think this is something that's understood fairly universally. But the majority of Americans are really pretty much completely disenfranchised. And a lot of Americans really very hateful of the two major U.S. political parties. And this is very interesting because if you look at history, the two major American American political parties, underneath them, uh, America has sent men to the moon. We've invented the internet. We've invented automobiles. And America has become one of the most powerful and prosperous nations on earth. And things here in America, we actually do live pretty good lives for the most part here in America. So why do Americans have so much disdain for our two major political parties that have, you know, treated us pretty good in comparison to if you look throughout recent, if you look throughout the past even hundred years of history at how badly some of the political parties on earth have treated their own people, here in America we've, we've done pretty well, relatively. I would say that the major reason why there's so much dislike for these two major parties is because of this lack of consistency as we see the politicians just routinely breaking their campaign promises and selling out their constituencies for the interests of these these corporate contributors. And while they're on the campaign trail, they make all these grandiose passion field promises that their constituencies can really rally together behind on, you know, these big changes and big things that they want to happen. But then when they're in office, they're not quite as consistent about accomplishing those things. And so, so we really dislike them for that, that reason. The goal, while biohacking and life hacking can make us significantly more consistent and dependable, we want to get all the benefits of people thinking that we are highly consistent without actually doing a whole lot more work and stressing ourselves out a ton and bringing a bunch of work home and doing, getting caught up on deadlines when we should be enjoying the life that we're working so damn hard for. So to do this, we need to utilize some communication techniques. So first of all, let's look at what most people do. So most people, when asked to complete a particular task, this could be any kind of task. This could be a project at work. This could be a report that you need to compile. This could be work that you're doing around the house for your family. This could be a obligation that you have for a social club that you are a part of. Most people when asked to do any kind of task will do this. First of all, if it's something that they can pull off, they will respond in the positive that it's a task that they can 
easily accomplish. And then they'll take that task and they will go and place it on a mental to-do list. And then at some point in the next couple days or weeks or months, hopefully sooner than months, they will do that thing. And then a few hours or days after completing that task, they are gonna notify their boss, they're gonna notify their wife, their husband, their family members, they're gonna notify the director of their charity, they're gonna notify whoever that they've completed the task. Or that person is gonna become aware of it because it's visible. So what we're gonna do is a little bit different than this. We're going to arbitrarily, first of all, we're going to arbitrarily inflate the deadlines of the tasks. So in business or personal situations, when people ask you to do something and there's a high probability of you completing that thing successfully or completing it, you know, very quickly, if this, let's say this is a small thing, this is something easy for you. This is something that you know that you can just knock out. What you want to do at that point is you don't want to respond that it's an easy thing for you to do. You want to give them an arbitrarily inflated deadline for the completion of that task. For example, if it's something that you know you can knock out in 10 minutes, and let's say it's something that it's not super urgent, it doesn't absolutely need to be done in 10 minutes, what you're going to do is you're going to say, great, I can do that for you, and I can get that done by tomorrow. I like to give myself significantly more time than is actually necessary in my deadline for it. I have a couple of reasons for this. First of all, it gives you more time to get it done. It gives you more flexibility with the way that you spend your time because you're telling them, hey, I'm asking, because you're giving yourself essentially an entire 24 hours when something's only going to take you 10 minutes to do. If a person asks you to do something that is only going to take you 10 minutes to do and 10 minutes later you completed the task and you've reported back to them that you've completed it, what they're seeing from their perspective is the, that you're not busy. You're not very busy. You're able to drop whatever it is that you have going on at the minute and complete their task right away and then take the time to write them a message confirming that you've done it. And so by giving an arbitrarily inflated deadline for your task, you establish your time as being more valuable. What you're also going to do is inflate the weight of your tasks. And to illustrate this, I'd like to give an interesting example from the industry of locksmiths. Locksmiths are the guys that if you're locked out of your car, if you're locked out of your home, they will come and open up your lock for you with their tools. There's an interesting dynamic in the industry of locksmiths. When locksmiths are new and inexperienced, their customers are actually much more happy about paying them than veteran locksmiths. New locksmiths will typically take between 30 minutes to one hour to open a door. And in the process, they will a lot of times break the lock and then have to replace it. But their customers will happily pay their full rate in addition to the cost of the lock that they broke because they see how much work they're doing.
Veteran locksmiths, in stark contrast to this, will open a door in a few minutes without breaking the lock and their customers will frequently haggle their price with them. And I've actually been in this position. When I was younger, I had an old Porsche and one day I lost my keys for it. And so I called a locksmith and he came on over. He was a little bit older looking guy. He was the general contractor of this small company. And so he was obviously a veteran and he came right over to my Porsche and wiggled his tools in there for about two or three minutes and opened my Porsche door up and then asked me to pay him $70. And I did exactly what the normal average consumer does. I was like, hey man, it only took you three minutes to do that. Can you come? Can we come to a little bit more fair arrangement here? And so when I first heard this example, I was a little bit horrified and I made a vow that I will never again argue rates with a locksmith because I want to I want to pay people what they're worth, not not for their inexperience that takes them more time to get the job done. So let's get this dynamic working for us as opposed to against us by emphasizing the complexity and the sophistication and the amount of work that goes into completing the tasks that people will ask you to do. So I would highly encourage you to never say to someone again, unless it's just painfully obvious that it is, I would never say to something again, yeah, that's an easy thing for me to do. I'll just knock it out for you. No problemo. Bada bing, bada boom. I wouldn't say that to people. I would at all times, especially when it's an easy task, say, you know, hey, there's some work and effort that goes into this that I need to take. And it's going to take me at least 24 hours or it's going to take me till next week to get this done by adding some more, some more weight to this. And then at that point, we are going to use a, a we're going to use some technology that's going to make our life a whole lot easier. And the name of the technology that we're going to use is Boomerang for Gmail. So Gmail and Google Apps are essential tools of highly consistent life hackers. And if you're not using Gmail and Google Apps yet, I would encourage you to get started right now if you can. I understand there's some people that work in corporate offices where they require you use a certain kind of email, but Gmail and the Google apps really do make your life so much easier and you're just costing yourself more time and more stress the longer you put off not getting them. So there's a application that's free to download for Gmail. It doesn't even require an email signup, I believe, and it's called Boomerang. And Boomerang is a free application. It works on your your Outlook. It looks it works on your account your browser Gmail, it works on Gmail on your Android phone, on your iPhone, it's compatible across multiple devices. Boomerang is a free app that allows you to schedule outgoing emails, which is excellent for creating phantom consistency. Example, someone asks you for a proposal, and so you give an inflated deadline for that proposal. You say you'll have it to them by Friday afternoon, when in actuality, you have a proposal for the template 
already in place and it's only going to take you 10 minutes to customize that proposal. So you take the 10 minutes and you write the proposal up and then you head over to your Gmail account. You write an email saying, hey, Steve got this proposal knocked out. Look forward to your feedback on it. And then you schedule that email to go out on Friday afternoon. And from his perspective, you are 100% consistent and dependable and your time is valuable because you know hey you couldn't drop everything just on the spot to write this proposal but at the time you said he would receive it you've got a very well prepared well thought out proposal and what I'll actually do for this particular this is a great example because proposals are a real important part of business and over the years I have written just dozens and dozens of proposals and so I have a number of my proposals in template format so if you go to the limitlessmindset.com website and you go to the resources section you can actually download a bunch of the different proposals that I've prepared generic versions of them over the years and then use them on your different projects and different things that you're involved with and hopefully that can you know save you some time so please check that out if you're if you get a chance to swing by the the limitless mindset website so boomerang and gmail apps major uh majorly useful tools for us to use in uh in appearing to be highly consistent what i would also do with boomerang is i also if possible i like to send my proposals send my stuff that i'm doing a little bit early that way i look like i'm someone that's getting stuff done that way i'm actually exceeding expectations as opposed to just exactly meeting expectations which is great that's more than most uh that's more than what most people in the business world do you're actually exceeding them by a little bit but again it's phantom consistency it doesn't actually cost you any extra time or work to do and it makes it look it makes you look like a productivity rock star next life hack for consistency and dependability is to call attention to areas where you are consistent. So as stated above, the problem most people have with consistency is that they are so vocal about things that they're going to be difficult or challenging or flat out really unlikely for them to do. Most people don't talk quite as much about the things that they are very consistent about. So think about, make a list of the things that you're consistent about, because I'm sure that you have some things like, let's say that you go running every day. Let's say that you attend a social group or a mastermind every week at the same time. Let's say that you always make a healthy dinner for your family, which is really, I believe, one of the greatest gifts that you can give your family. Let's say that you always take Saturday nights as a time to spend with your, with your spouse. These things aren't quite as sexy to tell people about as those big goals and career aspirations, but by calling attention to them, you're going to appear much more consistent than someone who only talks about big things and then fails to deliver on them. I know from personal experience, I've had plenty of big projects that I undertook and then failed at. And people know about that because I'm a marketer and so I'm vocal and I promote the things 
that I do. But at the same time, I like to bring attention to those small things that I do do consistently. And so what that does is that gives me a character of a person that is consistent, but that goes for big things, which I believe is, you know, a that, that's what a limitless character is. Next life hack, call people back at specific times as opposed to as soon as you get their voicemail. So people are going to leave you a voicemail. They're going to drop you an email requesting a call to address something. And unless it's a really urgent issue, unless it's just a fire that needs to be put out right away, in which case, you know, you should be charging them extra for whatever it is that they've engaged you to do. Unless it's a highly urgent issue, shoot them an email back or a text back and schedule a conference call and mention that dealing with them and their issue is important to you, but that you're a busy person so you want to block out that time. And again, this sets up your time and you as being valuable. And it again builds you up as a consistent person because you're going to use your free Google apps as we keep suggesting and you're going to put reminders in your calendar to make sure that you're calling them back at that time. Handling meetings with consistency. When you have meetings, you are certain you will be able to make always drop a call, email, or text message earlier that day confirming you will be there. Also, do not commit to meetings that you are not certain you can make. Flaking out on meetings, social or business, is one of the surest ways to give you an inconsistent reputation. When scheduling meetings more than a few days out, state that you are scheduling tentatively and will touch base midway in between now and then to confirm. Do this even when you're certain that you can make a particular meeting and then write them a confirmation email in Gmail and then use Boomerang to schedule it to go out at the appropriate time to confirm. Again, giving you the appearance of a highly consistent person whose time is very valuable. Now, we're talking about Gmail a lot here and there might be some of you thinking, Okay, I have an email address which is like my name at mycompany.com. And that email address makes me look really professional because I am really professional. If I start using Gmail, then I'm going to lose a little bit of that professionalism, right? There's a really easy way to get around this. If you go into your Gmail settings, there is a setting for accounts sending, receiving, and what you can do is you can actually add the whatever email address you want. So you have like your corporate branded email address of your name at yourcompany.com. You can add that as your sending email address so that you can actually send email from your Gmail address and from the receiver's perspective it looks totally as professional as if you sent it from your your buggy counterintuitive corporate outlook account but instead you're getting all the all the life hacking awesomeness of Gmail and all you have to do is you need to set a forwarder of that email to come into 
Gmail. So you'll either log into your cPanel or your email management dashboard or even into your Outlook account and just set a forwarder that goes to your Gmail account. And that way, all the convenience of Gmail and all the professionalism of your corporate branded email, which I highly recommend. Three different scientific studies dating back to 1926 have demonstrated very conclusively that talking about your goals actually decreases the likelihood of them happening. Let me repeat that because it sounds a little bit crazy. I know. Talking about your goals decreases the likelihood of them actually occurring. Again, validated by three different studies dating back a while. We will link those studies on the show notes for this episode if you want to check that out. And this is somewhat counterintuitive because people are so encouraging to you when you talk about your goals. You know, go to a family reunion and tell your or tell tell your family members that you're starting your own business or that you're going back to college or that you want to uh, run a run a marathon. They're going to be so encouraging to you. But the conclusion of these three studies was that the emotional pleasure of telling other people about your goal and getting that positive feedback of praise heaped back on you solely because you have a goal is so intoxicating that it distracts and demotivates you and in this narcissistic world we live of social media where we all spend all day long broadcasting little micro messages out to the world about what we're doing and what we want to do and how we feel about life in this narcissistic digital reality that we spend so much of our life there's so much of an opportunity for this to happen so i would challenge you dear podcast leader to not talk about your goals until you've accomplished 25 to 50% of them. <clears throat> now, I realize, let me put a caveat on that. A lot of goals you do need other people's help for. And so obviously, you're going to have to talk to other people about your goals to get your help. Let's say you want to start a small business. You're probably going to want to call a website designer to build you a website for your small business. Hopefully you'll call me because that's what I do. I'm pretty good at it actually when I'm not recording this podcast. However, hold off. I would challenge you to hold off on telling your mom, telling your rich uncle, telling your dad, telling some stranger that you're on a date with about some big goal of something that you want to do before you've actually made some decent progress of about 25 to 50% of the way there. And this is something that again is going to make you be perceived of as a much more dependable, consistent person. Because when you're coming to the family reunion to tell people about this big goal that you have, you can say, look, I've already actually made pro before all of you people get emotionally invested with me in this deal check it out i've actually already made progress towards it that sets you up as a much more consistent dependable reliable person now having really big sexy dreams is 
essential to being limitless. And at some point, you do have to tell other people about these dreams so that they can rally behind them. These may be goals that require millions of dollars or other resources that you just don't have at the time. So here's the line that I like to use when talking about these kinds of goals. I am not yet the person that can do this. There's a very attractive romantic kind of ambition to a person that has the introspective humility to identify a really big goal, but at the same time admit that they need to do a lot of personal and professional development before they are worthy of accomplishing it. Of course, after using this line, I always follow up with talking about the steps that I am taking and have already taken to become the person that can accomplish a particular goal. So I would say while you're at the family reunion, while you're on a date, while you're talking to your mom or your dad or that dear old friend and you're pontificating, LimitlessMindset.com, word of the day about your big sexy dream, drop that line in there somewhere. I am not yet the person that is worthy of accomplishing this goal, but I'm getting there. Next life hack. Utilize third-party credibility. Testimonials and letters of reference are essential tools of highly consistent life hackers. Request letters of reference from people you have done good business with. LinkedIn.com is my favorite tool to do this. Request them repeatedly until you get them. I will repeat that because it's really important. Usually people, even though they really like you and are totally willing to write you a letter of reference, usually they're not going to write you a letter of reference the very first time you email about it. Usually you have to email them two or three times, maybe send a text message, reminder, quick little phone call reminder, and they'll knock out a really great letter of reference. Another secret to getting really good letters of reference is to tell people what you want them to write about you. Because there's a lot of people out there that just aren't that creative. And if you want them to write a really stunning letter of reference for them, be like, hey, I'd like you to hit on these points. So here's a template I use. I'll say, in your letter of reference, please include my communication style and ease of working with me, how dependable or reliable I am, quality of work that I produce, etc. And they will take words very similar to that and put them back into your letter of reference and send it back to you. And this ensures that others will talk about how consistent you are, which is way more powerful than you talking about how consistent or reliable and dependable you are. In fact, I like to think that being consistent, reliable, and dependable is kind of like having swagger. People that have it don't talk about having it. So when you get these testimonials, aggressively post them on your Facebook page, share them on your different social media websites, add them to your add them to the front page of your website. Don't put them on some back page of your website that people not might not visit to visit. Put them on the very front page on your website where people can see them very conspicuously. And then my personal favorite 
is to add your testimonials to your email signature. Now, you know, you'll see people that have emails that they've got like their name and their title and their phone number as their signature. And maybe they've even got like cool links over to their Facebook or their LinkedIn profile or something like that. Add your signature, add two or three or four testimonials, short ones, not the big long ones, but the short ones, you might need to pick out the, the highlights, add them below your signature so that every single person you email, the people that you're emailing for dates, for jobs, for asking them to help you out with your charity or your organization or whatever, all of these people are getting hit by third-party credibility messages of how dependable and reliable and consistent you are. Very easy to do, free to do, takes very, very little extra time to do, but makes a big difference. If you guys ever email me, you'll get a great example of this. Next life hack is to write, pe write other people letters of reference. Giving other people third third-party credibility is also a great way to build your own consistency. There are very few emotional deposits you can make into a relationship that are greater than writing a letter of reference. So tell people you're going to write them a letter of reference and then go do it. They're actually a lot of fun to write and it takes between five to 15 minutes at the most to write a pretty good letter of reference. And you know what? After you've written a couple, you'll have some templates. So if you want to write more, you can just change the names, maybe change the facts, the company names on them a little bit, and you can knock out letters of reference in minutes. I bet, I bet it would be possible to write a great letter of reference in under 30 seconds. I, I'm sorry. 60 seconds. You probably couldn't write a great one in under 30 seconds. You could probably write a pretty mediocre, brief letter of reference in under 30 seconds. But I bet you you could write a pretty decent one in 60. And just think how much value that's going to give that person. And again, use your tools boomerang. Tell it to them. You'll have them by Friday afternoon. Set up your boomerang to shoot that email out Friday morning. Makes you look like a consistency rock star. Final thing that we want to talk about, the true secret to being a highly consistent person is to say no. Say no a whole lot more. Be much more picky about the commitments you agree to and defy the tyranny of the urgent unimportant. One of the primary reasons why people flake or fail to follow through is that they make commitments to things that aren't worth their time. And I'd like to close with a quote from what Bruce Lee had to say about this. I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. It's not the daily increase, but the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. Just to recap, the free technology applications, I recommend the highest for life hackers worldwide are Evernote, Boomerang, 
Gmail, and Google Calendar. All of those free to work and have some of the top rated mobile applications for your iPhone and your Android devices. The next life hack is to address a problem that a lot of people have, especially a lot of my friends seem to have this particular problem. And the issue is that people lose their expensive smartphones quite frequently. And I'm flabbergasted that we have these little devices that are quite expensive and pretty much our entire life relies upon these little devices and us being able to use them dozens and dozens of times a day. Yet, it seems like many very smart, otherwise capable people seem to lose their iPhones, their Android devices, their Blackberries, their Windows phones, their Samsung phones, their Motorola phones with complete regularity. And so I've developed an application of memory systems to ensure that you never lose your smartphone again. So this should save you a fair amount of money as well as time and stress from losing your phone. So if you're one of these people that chronically misplaces and loses your phone, then the smartphone industry would not want you to listen to this podcast episode because I'm going to teach you how to not do that so much. So according to backgroundcheck.org, over $7 million worth of phones are lost globally every single day. So this is a pretty big problem, actually. If you lose your phone as often as some of my friends do, the uh, simple yet bizarre memory system shared here could save you over the course of your life probably several thousand dollars. And it works even after you've had a few drinks. In the Billboard topping pop hit, Just Dance, Lady Gaga would have never sung where are my keys? I lost my phone, phone. If she were using the absent-mindedness, vanquishing memory system that I'm gonna share with you right now. So the problem is that your phone goes with you everywhere you go. And we tend to leave our phones on tables, desks, in purses, clothing, etc. Interestingly, this is actually more healthy for us. There was a study done by the World Health Organization which makes a pretty compelling case that it's actually unhealthy to have your phone, which you know it generates a constant electromagnetic field, in your pocket all day long or holding it next to your ear all day long while you're on calls all day. 
because that way, you know, it's within, you have this electromagnetic field that's creating radio waves that are getting sent from your phone to cell towers that are traveling right through your dermis, they're traveling by your genitals and your internal organs. And it's kind of a debated scientific issue. Uh, I think common sense is that it's not a good idea to have those radio waves traveling through your tissue just frequently like that. So it's actually, so keep doing that. Keep Keep keeping your phone out of your pocket as much as possible, unless you are, you know, walking somewhere and you need to keep it in your pocket. Otherwise, put it in your desk, put it on a table, put it in the center console of your car. But this is also a little bit of a problem. So what we're going to utilize is absurd visual associations. So every time you place your phone someplace different or new than where it usually goes, create an absurd visual association between your phone and something in the immediate physical environment. In your absurd visualizations, you want to use these elements. Substitution. You want to substitute one thing for another thing that's usually not normally together. You want to use disproportionality, which is things being the wrong size. You, you, you want to use anthropomorphization, which is things turning into people that usually aren't people. You, you want to use action or violence occurring. And sometimes you might want to sprinkle in a little bit of sexiness as well to make your scenarios really bizarre. So here's some examples of the kinds of bizarre associations you're going to be using. So let's say that you are setting your phone down on your boss's desk at work. And this is not a place where you normally place your phone. So imagine for just a half second beating your boss up with a giant two foot long cell phone and then choking him with your cell phone charger cord. See how much fun these memory systems are? Let's say you leave your phone on a table at a sushi restaurant. Imagine hundreds of dolphins that swim into the restaurant. Yes, these dolphins would be swimming in the air, which is quite bizarre to begin with. And imagine that all these dolphins are talking on cell phones while they're swimming into the restaurant. Let's say you leave your phone at a booth in a nightclub. So now imagine that your phone blows up to being like six feet tall and your phone grows arms and legs and your phone has like a funky go-go dancer outfit on and is doing the sexy dance on your table. Pretty crazy, right? Okay, next scenario. Let's say you leave your smartphone under your friend's yellow towel while you're going surfing at the beach. This is something that I like to do. So now imagine that your smartphone has grown little arms and legs. This is an example of, of anthropomorphization. And your smartphone is surfing on a surfboard while juggling yellow towels. Pretty absurd scenario, but again, it creates this really striking picture. And let's say if you're in a real rush, or maybe you just don't quite have that much creative energy, maybe it's the end of the day, just imagine yourself plunging your smartphone into 
whatever the surface is of wherever you're putting it down. So let's say I leave my iPhone on the surface of a marble countertop and I'm going to imagine plunging it into the surface of the marble countertop and the marble countertop violently cracks as I plunge it in. That's a just fine visual association to use as well. Maybe not quite as powerful and effective as using an association with the substitution, disproportionality, anthropomorphization, action or violence, and or sexiness, but it's still going to work. Next tip for ensuring that you never lose your smartphone is to create an absurd exit association. It also works great to create a reminder association between your phone and the last thing that you're going to see when you are leaving somewhere. So let's say that I'm hanging out at my friend's house and my friend's house has a red door. So as I walk into my friend's house, I know that as I leave that red door is probably going to be the last thing that I see. So I'm going to visualize that that red door is actually a screen of a phone and in fact my phone has grown up to being you know eight feet tall or however tall a door is and is red instead and so when I leave to go and open that door I'm actually going to be opening up a big red phone that has a doorknob on it and that's going to remind me to grab my phone. And so you could also do associations. You could associate your car with your phone. You could imagine that your car's wheels are actually iPhones and that when your car is driving, it's, it is iPhones on its wheels that are rotating in a circular motion very quickly, which is of course, physically impossible, but it's very absurd. You could imagine that. You could imagine that your bus pass is a phone instead. You could imagine that your umbrella, let's say you live somewhere where it rains a lot. I know we have a lot of listeners that are in the UK where it rains almost perpetually. That's the, <laughs> sorry, that's my uninformed American opinion of the UK is that it rains perpetually there. You could imagine that your umbrella is associated with your phone in some way. Like I would imagine that I have two iPhones and that my iPhones are like Jedis and that they are in a lightsaber duel with each other. But instead of lightsabers, they are using umbrellas to fight each other. So maybe our, our UK listeners, our listeners in Seattle, Washington, or our listeners in places where it rains a lot can utilize that particular association because you always need to grab your umbrella before you head out the door. So to wrap this life hack back into the theme of this episode, it's also very important to practice consistency with your stuff. The first line of defense against losing things and absent-mindedness is to practice consistency in your daily habits. So pick a consistent place to leave your things. When you get home, your keys should always go on the hook in the kitchen. Your cell phone always goes on the charger next to the shelf in your home office. Your purse always hangs on the closet door. Your cell phone always goes in the center console of your car. And if you practice some consistency, some arbitrary consistency with where you place your things, that's going to take a really big step towards you not le losing your things 
so much. So example, anytime I'm ever sleeping somewhere different than my bed in my home, I always keep my phone, wallet, and keys in my shoes. And I always keep my shoes on the floor next to where I'm sleeping. So no matter how discombobulated I may be when I wake up in a new place, I always know where my phone, wallet, and keys are. So let's talk a little bit now about drinking and losing your cell phone. Because I know this is something that happens to people a lot. And it's no secret that it's a whole lot easier to lose track of your phone when you are imbibing and maybe a little bit intoxicated with your friends. So it's even more important when drinking to keep your stuff in consistent places. So instead of leaving your phone and your keys on the table, always make sure to put them in your pocket or put them in that particular flap of your purse that you use. I would recommend when drinking and using bizarre associations, if you're brave enough, share your bizarre associations with your friends that you are socializing with. And it'll actually be really funny. And it's a great way of introducing memory systems to to people in a really fun way. And a lot of times your friends will find your memory systems hilarious and maybe they'll even help you with them. Finally, I'd like to share a few technology applications that are very useful in finding your phone once you've lost it. So if you have chronically short-term relationships with your phones, in addition to using the memory systems given above, it's also probably a good idea for you to install some of the smartphone finder applications on your phone. And I will link these back on the show notes for this episode, but there's an application called Find My iPhone. There's an application called Lookout for Android. And then there's another one called Blackberry Protect. And these are all either free or very affordable. They're just a couple of bucks. And so if you're a person that loses your phone with some regularity, which it seems like a lot of you do, then I'd highly recommend these. So these t- these t- so these applications obviously only work if your phone has battery charge. So if you're prone to losing your phone frequently, buy an extra charger, buy an extra battery. They usually just cost maybe 10 extra bucks and keep your phone charged really frequently. And that couple extra bucks spent on an extra battery or an extra charger could mean the difference in between having to spend several hundred dollars every couple months on a brand new phone. So utilizing these tips, I expect to see a sharp decrease in the amount of Facebook status updates by my friends complaining about losing their phones because this is the system I use to not lose my phone. And I've owned cell phones for about 15 years. And in that time, I've only lost two. So these systems are obviously working. The final life hack we're going to discuss in this episode is highly relevant to sales and persuasion. And this is how it works, is that at every point 
that we have contact with someone that we are persuading to do something for us, whether it's in a business situation or a personal situation. We want to be giving them new reasons to do business with us. And so what this means is that we are not going to throw all of our very best material at someone the very first time that we talk to someone. Now, my day job is in the world of marketing and web strategy, technology, consulting, and sales. So I will have a new prospective client or customer contact me. And we'll get on the phone and I'll start to ask them questions about what they do and who their customers are and why they're good at it and what their objectives and aspirations are for the next year, two years, five years in business. And I'll spend some time listening to them and figuring out if I can help them and then making some deductions of what are the best solutions and tools and mediums that I have in my toolbox that I can use to help this person accomplish their goals cost-effectively. And once it gets to that part of the conversation, what I'm going to do is I'm actually not going to share with them all of the things that I can do with them. I'm actually only going to share with them maybe the top two to three things that I can do with this particular person that are going to compel them to continue this conversation with me. Now, I should say that the work that I do is pretty sophisticated web technology and marketing strategy and web development work. So it's not quite like selling a car or selling a cell phone or selling a simple widget to someone or selling someone a pair of jeans in a mall. It's very customized technology solutions. But I do know that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that work in similar capacities in your jobs. So I think that you can probably relate. And if you're not quite doing that sort of work, you know, use your imagination a little bit. So we're in a sales environment where we're selling highly customized solutions to very specific, very unique problems that our customers have. And what we're going to utilize is multiple hook points at each point in the conversation. So the first time that I talk to a customer, I'm going to talk about the content management system that we have. And that this content management system is going to save them both a high amount of time in development of application, you know, their product that they want to bring to market, they're going to be able to bring this product to market in 60 to 90 days as opposed to as opposed to 9 to 12 months because this content management system brings together these pre-built, pre-proven tools. And that what it's also going to do is it's also going to save them around 50% on the development budget because we're not creating anything from scratch because the tools that we're using are already beta tested. We're going to be using highly proven tools. So it's going to allow them much more velocity of capital coming into their business. So that's going to be the first big thing that we're going to talk about on the call. And then I'm also going 
going to talk about on the call maybe past examples of similar projects that I worked on that were very commercially successful after I worked on them and give some third-party credibility from those examples. And that's going to be the first call that I have with this customer. Then uh, we're going to break the call. I'm going to take a week to put together a very detailed proposal of exactly how we can accomplish their goals with our technology solutions on this project and then we're going to get back together. Now I have another five to ten different things that I can do for this client that are really beneficial but I'm not going to talk about these things on the first telephone call that I have with this client. On the second telephone call that I have with this client I'm going to talk about the mobile applications of the technology that we have because most savvy small business people, especially the small business people that I deal with in my day job, my small business that I operate when I'm not working on this podcast, they're very savvy people and they know that mobile technology is very important, that it's very important to engage people on their smartphones, their iPads, their, their Android tablets. And so that next phone call we're going to talk about how the technology systems that we use to accomplish their goals are also going to seamlessly translate over to their mobile technology. And so at this point, this customer is pretty hot. They're pretty close to closing, but the customer may still be shopping me with some other developers. So at this point, I need to establish a little bit of urgency. So at this point, what I'll do is I'll shoot them an email or I'll shoot them a telephone call a few days later and I will explain that we've had a opportunity come across, come onto our radar screen that could really benefit them, but only if they're able to jump on it right away. And the opportunity is that we had purchased a block of banner ad space with a very popular banner ad network. And we had some banner ad space available, but that particular contract was expiring here very soon. So if we wanted to utilize that banner ad space, we needed to go and get their ads into that banner ad space right away. And so now, and so what we can do is, because we've already actually paid for that banner ad space, we can include that in our cost of development of our applications for this particular client. And so now we've got some urgency going on. We've got another value added item going on. And so now they're going to close. And so what we've done here is at these multiple points of contact with this client, we've created more value. And so it's important and this is kind of a rookie mistake that you see new salespeople, new business people making a lot, is that they will take all the benefits and all the good stuff and all the ways that they can solve their customers and their prospective clients' problems, and they'll throw all that stuff at them in the initial conversation or in the initial proposal or in the initial email or in the initial meeting that they do. And what you want to do, you, and that's not actually what you want to do. You want to be the guy that always has another good idea every time they get you on the phone. Because wrapping this back into the theme of this episode, we want to be highly consistent. We don't want to be a person that just has good ideas and good solutions the first time they talk to us. We want to be the person that 
consistently, every time they pick up the phone from us, we have another smart idea, another good idea of how to solve their problems and move them forward. And that's going to make us a highly consistent, reliable person that other people highly desire to do business with. So very, very effective in your sales situations and in your personal situations with people. I know we went a little bit long in this episode, but that's because this whole subject of consistency, reliability, and dependability really is essential to the character of a limitless individual. But as we've demonstrated over the course of this episode, being dependable and reliable is not just about working harder and longer than everyone else. It's about these subtle communication shifts. It's about these subtle mindset shifts. And it's about utilizing memory systems at the right place. And it's about valuing your time more and communicating that in subtle ways that your time, your resources, your creativity is a little bit more valuable than the average person. And that's very limitless. So thanks again for listening. If you found some value in some of the points of this episode, please do head over to iTunes and drop us a five-star review and a few lines with your thoughts on the, few, on the show. And we really appreciate that. Thanks again. Have a very productive week.